Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dum Dums and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise dice today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! You think you see two reflecting yellow coins that seem to be low and then move high. And then you hear a rustle through the trees and they're gone. Okay, I'm just going to hold where I am for a second. Like, I think he'd just go full body still. Totally fair. Um, so you have um, one of the kind of hardest moments of, of, of stillness and alertness you can have, which is um, the sense you need the most for it is currently compromised. So you have that awful, like, every time you blink, it's just in a slightly different position after glow piece um, you have Mr. Bang in one hand, I assume sword out or hand on hand on sword, I think, because he wouldn't want to draw it because he doesn't want it to rush him if it's going to attack. And if it's not, he doesn't want it to leave because he wants to figure out what it is. Totally fair. Um, the woods are still. 
All right. I think, honestly, he'd probably wait for like a solid 10, 15 minutes because he's aware that if everybody's holding still, it's just a waiting game. So it feels like 10 years for everyone involved. You just have to outlast the other person or thing. Fair enough. Uh, Can you roll me a perception check with advantage, please? 14. Okay. Um, There is enough noise um, kind of from the general woods around you um, that whatever it was could be gone. Um, You're still... It's still quiet. Like, clearly enough disruption has happened that things are are quiet. Um, But in terms of a standoff, you're not convinced this thing is still there. You're not. You're also not convinced it's gone. It's. I just have um, no way to tell. Yeah, there's too much shit. But going on. I would say that um, you have no way to tell. But you're on the. If this is a spectrum of it's gone, it's here. You're stuck in the middle, but you're slightly more on the it's gone side. In that there's enough cover that you think you could have slipped away if your positions were reversed. Okay. In kind of a Dwight Schrute. I'm pretty sure I could do this way. <laughs> Yeah, then I I think what he'd probably do is try to set a trap. So I think he'd probably take like a couple of sets of like three meals worth of rations or whatever and kind of put them within the edge of the area. Uh, And then he'd climb a tree where he could watch because I think he wouldn't want to be on the ground invisible. Okay. All right. Um, Can you roll me a survival check, please, for the trap? Unless you have another skill you think. I think it's more just putting food down and he's the trap. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. So you're not mechanically doing anything. It's oh, no. He has no oh, idea so how to do that. Eight. Okay. Yeah. Right. Then never mind. Um, hmm. Okay. Can you roll me a stealth check then, please? Yes. 19. But your mind is older. Um, cool. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Yay! You, Sorry. You make it up the tree um, nice and easily. Um, the other thing is, I, I think, based on how you're describing this trap and kind of what you're attempting to do, this isn't a I'm trying to trick you. It's a will you give in to your baser instinct yeah. thing. Like, this isn't a, a fucking, like, mysterious game of shadows. It's just kind of like, <laughs> are you hungry enough to come eat this thing in the woods? Because if so, I'm going to get you. It's <laughs> so tasty. It's literally just a mouse trap. It's like, ah, this could kill me, but I do want that fucking peanut butter. Um, so you. you don't, um, nothing comes out. Um, you know, like eventually, like, you know, small critters come out and gnom on some of it, but they're also too small. It, it's, you know, the, the pizza rat thing. They can't really get too much of it. It's a pain in the ass, and you're, you're a little bit irked about pizza it, but it's not, you know, damning. Yeah. Um, that said... Um, just before dawn, from your elevated position, um, you can see um, a string of lanterns coming, not down this pathway, or the pathway that you're closest to. I assume you didn't sleep on the path, because you're not idiots. Um, But um, you can tell there's clearly a main road nearby, and um, it looks like a sort of a, a small caravan. You can hear kind of the crunch of wheels, um, the swinging of lights and um, you uh, as they, they get a bit closer um, you hear a voice call out in Dwarven um, hold hold alright where where did you say they were well that's not great uh, I think he'd climb down and just like quietly wake the princess and be like there's people on the road someone may have brought them here in the night I'm not sure they're looking for someone. Uh, are they looking for us? Well, they they didn't use names, so I don't know. But we could try. I could try to scout them out more, but I didn't want to leave you asleep here with the turtle. All right. Well, I'll stay awake here with the turtle. All right. His name is what? 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 I don't, I don't <laughs> know what to do here? Okay, they stay with the turtle. All right. If they kill me, run. All right. If they're nice, I'll yell out uh, uh, the code word. What, what's a word that I could mix into a sentence well, that I, I wouldn't normally Well, I think if they're nice, say? you can kind of yell out anything. 
I guess that does make sense. <laughs> Unless, no, see, this is why we need a code word. Because if they are hostile and they make me yell something, I want you to know. Right. Um. I don't know. Raspberries. Well, that I can make that work. That, uh, listen, I don't know their naming conventions, but if there's one named Raspberries, I just won't say their name when I call you out. It's fine. So if I say, wait, no, Raspberries are good. If I say Raspberries, <laughs> it's actually safe. If I don't right. say it, then it's dangerous and you've got to run and take the turtle. That makes sense. Okie dokie. Uh, and then I want to stealth towards wherever the lanterns are, Tom. Okay, uh, can you roll me a stealth check with disadvantage, please? Because they are clearly actively looking for you. Oh, man, I rolled very well both times. The disadvantage Ooh. is a 23, because the advantage was a nat 20. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and a nice. 20 and a 17. Well, Shadowlands yeah. is you! <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, you, you stealth your way through, and I think it's... Um, a combination of like moving through um, the foliage, having just had to deal with two incredibly kind of natural circumstances, we've gotten a hell of a lot better at uh, stealth in nature. Um, so it's a combination of like moving quietly, but I think also like throwing sticks or rocks away from you in a way that creates more noise elsewhere. And uh, sure enough, you see that fucking dog. Um, come kind of like loping through the trees um, with a uh, uh, a a pair of dwarves uh, following one is an incredibly stout woman holding um, a vicious looking battle axe and not like a a double headed one but um, oh man I was going to try and reframe this but uh, you'll actually get this reference like a a, you know like a a chaos axe from Warhammer so just like one real vicious head and then just a little pointy bit on the back Um, and she's got it like at the ready but not it's not like a you know gonna go kill some people just a if things go bad I'm ready Um, and um, with her is a um, a dwarf dressed in uh, a traveling cloak but underneath um, it's clearly a very soft kind of velvet almost um, robe. It seems very functional, like there's a lot of pockets and he, he's got like the Rob Leefield pocket bandoliers. Um, but clearly not a fighty type, more of a talky type. Um, what you would kind of assume to be a merchant of some sort. And uh, the dog is sniffing around uh, near what you just threw. And um, to your surprise, uh, the dog turns back and just says, <sighs> Oh, guys, I'm really... This is really embarrassing. I could have sworn um, they were right here. Well, huh. Really should uh, trust my nose more than my eyes then, right? And they're both like, uh, it's okay, Toby. You you did your best. Um, just, well, I uh, think Toby did all right, I say, as I step out of the woods <laughs> and sweep off my hat. I'm the, like, hello, friends. The, uh, the merchant just freezes in a classic, like, Jurassic Park, if I don't move, they can't see me way. <laughs> uh, Toby leaps to his feet, so up onto his hind legs, with his arms out in shock. Um, and uh, the lady with the axe shifts just enough that you know she wouldn't get a good swing, but she could get a swing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you respect her a little bit more for it because it's clearly a, well, I don't have a good shot, but it's a shot. Um, yeah. But it, it, she is clearly, like, you also recognize, uh, particularly from dueling, this isn't someone who's going off half-cocked. This is just a, if you turn out to be an asshole and try and stab them. Um, and after a minute, um, Toby uh, recovers first and is just like, well, shit, you are very good at moving in the woods, sir. Uh, I thought you had me when you kicked out that fire. Um, well, this is really embarrassing. Uh, and again, it's, it's a thing like, um, like a St. Bernard up on its hind legs, uh, looking very sheepish. I'd just be like, um, so this is kind of awkward. Yeah, I'm wondering why you were all out here looking for, for me. Oh, um, okay. Well, uh, I think uh, I, I can answer that. Or, um, uh, uh, Shen, can you answer this? And the merchant just kind of like 
awkwardly reaches out and pats Toby on the head, and Toby's like, "Don't do that, please." Shan's <laughs> like, "Look, I, I'm sorry. I'm still trying to get used to this." Um, hi. Um, and he doesn't have a hat, so he just like awkwardly flips his cloak to the side. He's like, "Ah, fuck." Um, hi. Um, my name is uh, is is Shen, and this is my expedition. Um, uh, uh, you, uh, thank you for greeting us so kindly. When when you clearly could have stabbed us, despite our um, mystical dog friend and um, and uh, uh, Ken over here, and she just nods while still holding the axe. Um, and he's like, uh, we um, we were trying to find you uh, because. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but you are about to walk into some pretty hairy shit. And, uh, well, my, my expedition, uh, the reason we hired people like Ken over here, uh, is she and her buds, uh, are going to protect us. Um, cause we've got some, some valuable cargo, uh, that we're trying to move through. And, um, well, I mean, uh, Toby knows the place better than anyone. And, uh, he was a little worried that, uh, you guys might, might die. He said you're very good at throwing swords though. So he, he was pretty impressed. Um, a little cheapish about the laughing, though. And Toby's like, shut up. It was funny. She threw and she missed a couple times. It's funny because she was aiming for a thing and she missed it. And he's like, I... He doesn't get out much. Um, so listen, uh, we just wanted uh, to see if you wanted to join us. Um, where um, there's some danger ahead. And um, honestly, we've never seen a human before. Um, and from what we understand from the, the histories, you're awful squishy. So uh, we just thought you might you might want to, you know, join us and, and we'll, we'll get you through to wherever you're going. Where are you going, by the way? Well, that's not entirely my tale to tell. My name is Duncan Kendano, and I am the first captain of the Dawnbreakers. I uh, am... Kin, or sorry, Ken actually, like, starts to grin a little bit, and she, like, looks at... Um, Shen, who kind of looks back, and they're both having, like, a real moment. Um, and she just says, He, uh... He said the thing. And, um, Shen's like, I I didn't know they actually said it. That's very exciting. Okay, okay. Shh, just be cool, be cool. <laughs> Kin, you say? Yes. Dano, uh, you say? Like, Dano yes, the Mystic? That, the Dawnbreaker? That is the man I am named for. Correct. Ken According is, to my oath. Fucking yeah. This oh, this is awesome. And um she slings the axe over her shoulder and she just walks up and extends a hand um for a classic fantasy elbow. The forearm the forearm grab thing. Yeah, no, oh, no, yeah. shakes hands like a yeah, of course. <laughs> oh god, cool. he's in heaven. Yes, he's fucking doing the shit out of this. Um so they do that, yeah, they they do <laughs> Thanks, a big Tyler. circle. And um she her forearm is like twice the size of yours, but she looks at, at your uh your gauntlet and she's like Motherfucking yeah! <laughs> um, and, oh, Ken, uh, you're literally everything I hope would be in this world. Um, <laughs> would you she, like to meet a princess? They they both uh, look a little less excited, but they're like, uh, 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 sh sure. Does she need transport as well? There's a lot to explain, but overall, I think you'll find us both tremendously useful. And coming with some very interesting baggage. Uh, princess, <laughs> it's time. It's raspberry time. And in my head, I'm like, he said raspberry, but not raspberries. Oh, raspberries. I don't, Get I don't know here. what to do. Bring the toy. That's fine. Raspberries, raspberries, raspberries. Oh, hell, she's right. over here. Come with me. Um, <laughs> Just lead them back to her. Shen is like, I don't recall this from any of the. And Ken's like, shut up, man. This is happening for us. Let's go. Um, so um, I'm going to just skip us ahead a couple steps and say that uh, we join, join the caravan. Join the caravan. <laughs> okay. um, there are a lot of. Uh, well, actually, sorry. No, we shouldn't do that. Um, so um, uh, Shen uh, steps into the clearing. Um, and at this point, like, again, he, he and Ken are doing that, like, excited, like, me going into a Star Wars movie thing where they're just, like, kind of each clutching each other's arm a little bit. Um, <laughs> and when they, they see you, Gwendolyn, um, you actually see um, Shen's eyes go wide. Uh, and he, he just kind of stops and goes, huh. 
Um. Is that? Uh, part, pardon me, ma'am, princess. Uh, I I look at Duncan like raspberries, right? Raspberries. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, is princess he speaking common or dwarven? Is that um, he's in dwarven still? Uh, is this uh, princess raspberries? Is that um, uh, emulium metal? You're wearing. Just, is that emulium I, armor? I think Duncan will step immediately in to translate word for word because he speaks dwarven. Uh, is it? Um, and is it? And uh, Duncan, you're translating for both or just for her? Uh, I would have to translate for her back to him and him to yes, her. Yes, she but yeah, yeah, I was just asking if you're only translating to her or if you're doing it both ways. I would do it both ways. Okay. Um, he says, oh, uh, just that is, um, that is an incredibly old suit of, uh, uh, emulium, emulium, armor that's uh we're, indeed we're we're bringing supplies for that princess raspberries uh i, I wasn't no, aware that any it's, humans it's, had that it's gwendolyn not raspberries just forget forget the raspberries this is um, princess gwendolyn ken solaris uh ken just elbows him in the the ribs and she's like I think it was a code word, sir. That's not actually her name. It would seem it's a uh, Gwendolyn. Hmm. Raspberries are probably something else. Something cool. Something legendary. Was that was that the dog? Uh, no, that's uh, that's oh, the dwarf okay. fighter. Okay. Um, yes, this the princess is actually alive within the armor of Amala Kin Solaris. And she bears the Elos bleed. Uh, I, just I just take out my sword and kind of like show it like, here it is. Yep. Like they're, both their eyes go wide. Um, and uh, Ken, despite being, a, again, like a very stoic fighter type, starts doing that like rapid arm pat thing of, of like unbridled <laughs> excitement where you just need someone else to acknowledge that you're this excited. And she's like... Motherfucking yeah. We're in a legend, baby. We're doing it. We're doing it. Um, and uh, Shen goes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, wait, the... You're wearing the armor of... I thought that was that was stuck in uh, the, the lowborn floaty place. The boon. The what? Oh, the boon. You know, the, um, the thing that the... She called uh, it lowborn. Uh, I, I don't translate that directly. I'm like, well, listen, they've got a different perspective on the world because in Orville, you and your various relatives had decided we were the best part of the world. And as we've seen traveling around, all the other nations and people seem to think that sort of about themselves instead. Yeah, but like, come on. You don't have to say it right to my face. Like, I'm a freaking princess. Well, see, this is something I've read about called, like, microaggressions, which is people don't even realize where their biases come out in a conversation. They probably didn't even mean it to it be offensive. like a macroaggression to me. Uh, like, oh, well. And then uh, Toby um, clears his throat, which sounds uh, like one of those, like, little back-of-the-throat dog barks. Um, <laughs> and says, uh, yeah, in um, common. Uh, it says, uh, so... Close, but also not quite. Holy um, shit, you're a talking dog. Guilty. Um, holy shit, you're a haunted suit of aluminum armor. Um, okay, listen, um, <laughs> something you should know uh, that will help this a bit. Also, yes, uh, sorry I was spying on you before. I just thought it was very funny because he, he would throw the wood in the air. And, and like, I just, I just, I just like point like to Duncan, like, see, spy. I was right. I was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You, you got me eventually. It's, it's good. Yep. Um, didn't catch me when you were on watch though. I thought it was very funny. How you kept walking around me. Uh, that was, that was real good. That was real good. You're real good at that. Um, so Shit. listen. Um, they don't mean any offense by it uh, because literally, uh, historically, to them, you, you are lowborn. Uh, I don't know the whole story, but. Uh, your folks were made to serve, like like my folks, like familiars. Um, 
a little different because you know you didn't like share power with anyone. You you just kind of you know mined things and carried heavy shit. Um, nice. So they they don't literally don't mean any offense. Uh, I would caution you not to come back too hard on them because that will be the offensive thing. But well, who am I to say? Just, a, us? just an untethered. So you know, don't mind me. Saying, uh, uh, do they want to enslave us? Is that is oh, that what's happening here? No, 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 no. That's all done. That's all done. That was all done after they gave you the boon. No, uh, that place you could live. I'm thinking he means whatever. The... History's weird. All right. Um. So uh, the dwarves are waiting very patiently, kind of excited about this, but also vaguely frustrated. And finally, um, Ken leans over to you, and she just goes, uh, "What? Uh, did we? Do we miss anything cool?" Sometimes the, uh, the the familiar says stuff we don't understand. Um, no, just catching up on history to make sure there's no miscommunication. Oh. I, I can offer the princess uh, the offer you've so generously made for us to join your caravan. Where where are you headed, by the way? Um, we're, uh... Well, uh, sorry, sir, I should let you, uh, do it. And Shen's like, no, 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 you've already started, so you, you carry on. You're, you know, hired help. You You got this. And Ken's like, cool, cool, that's cool. Thank you, thank you, that's cool. Um, we're uh, we're doing a, a, a Shadowlands run, a shadow run, if you will. Um, we've uh, we've got some stuff uh, uh, for uh, the uh, the Golan are in, in uh, dire need of, of uh, some ancillary supplies, so we were sent out to uh, to collect them. But uh, damnedest thing, the uh, uh, the folks from Bleen never showed up. Uh, is your is your buddy there? Uh, he's he's one of the uh, the Tortle folk. Is he uh, is he a traitor? Because we're our supply lines are fucked. We had to go far and wide. We had to go to five outposts to get all the shit we need. Unfortunately, the leaders of Bleen were assassinated by the Covenant of Cricket. Ah, oh, tits. Okay, well, yeah, that explained it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, me. That's, All right. That's why we're going into the Shadowlands. We need yeah. to either defeat them or discover their weaknesses because oh, we can't no, fight no. shadows. Okay. okay, yo, uh, uh, you gotta understand. You don't. You don't go in the Shadowlands. No one goes in the Shadowlands. It's a death sentence. You just don't do it. Well, see, here's the interesting thing about Dawnbreakers. I'm already dead. Fuck. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> this guy's awesome. Fuck. Okay, listen, um, I don't, oh man, I really hope you guys join up. I've got so many questions. Uh, you're going to settle so many bets for me. I have so many bets on this. And Shen's like, all right, um, thank you, Ken, that's great. Um, so, uh, okay, that's insane. Don't do that. But if you feel you must, at least travel with us part of the way. Um, uh, Toby... And Toby's, like, now on all fours, like, doing that shameful dog thing that Ripley does whenever she eats shit she's not supposed to. It's, like, tail between, like, down but still wagging, kind of, like, fucking off. Uh, and Chen's like, look, Toby... Toby will be able to show you the best way in that won't get you immediately killed. But if you're smart, you'll just come with us to Golan. All right, uh, and then I'll turn to the princess and give her kind of the rundown, which is like, there's a caravan, they're going through the Shadowlands, they're going to Golan, they say everything in the Shadowlands will kill us. Surprise! Uh, we can go with them for protection. Ken seems weirdly into Dawnbreakers and us in general. And then be like, this sort of makes sense to me. We've got ease of travel and additional protection on the road, and it's going where we're going anyways. Technically, this is your decision. I mean... Sure, if you think this is right, if this keeps us safer, then I guess it's the more boring decision, <laughs> but more exciting going out on our own, so more boring, safer. I think it, it, it aligns with, um, with what you've been teaching me. Excellent. All right, Marka, we're going to make some friends, I say, and then I almost pick him up and I'm like... Princess, can you do it? I would. I would, but I get tired so fast. And you are legitimately scarily strong in that armor. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. I mean, onward ho. And with that, Gwendolyn, you drag the pallet uh, with Maka Deathcap up onto one of these carts. Um, you're not sure, but you think the horses give you a dirty look when you do it. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, you meet the rest of the caravan. Uh, it's um, uh, some dwarves, um, a few um, fairly like uh, rough-looking elves, like scary kind of like the corner of the bar you don't want to get near um, elves. Um, there's a uh, um, a gnome who seems to be um, very preoccupied shaking a vial. Like, he kind of does it the way, like, I flip a, a pen or, like, cool people flip a cigarette or a knife. Um, and uh, she just doesn't seem to be paying attention to anyone. She's just kind of doing her own thing. Um, and uh, you join up with um, Shen's caravan. And uh, for a day, everything is pretty good. Um, it's restful. Um, uh, Duncan, you're able to replenish your rations. Um, Gwendolyn, people are kind of fawning over you in a way that you've missed. Um, mm-hmm. You get the sense it's mostly based on the, the quality of your armor, but you can just take uh, it as a compliment I'm to a you. I'm a fucking princess, man, well, of course. And you are the armor now, so like, <laughs> fuck it, it's all you. Um, and uh, for a day, things settle for a bit, and you find yourselves in good company as you make your way towards the Shadowland. It's just a fucking damn shame that two days from now, they'll all be dead. So, Maka, um, you and uh, Zahn are making your way kind of through this blasted landscape. Um, and as you um, sort of begin to to walk this path, kind of each hauling your, your sort of um, respective bags of, of loot, uh, things that he, he picked off the, uh, the bodies um, that uh, he, he saw value... Um, I think, Maka, for you, most of these items didn't really make sense. Uh, there was no rhyme or reason from a way you would understand. Um, clearly, these scavengers... It's kind of like uh, it, like the the scene in The Mandalorian where the, the Jawas strip down things for parts, and it's like, we don't know why they would want those specific parts, but there are just a bunch of things like, ah, fucking, I don't need that. Um, and Zahn has a similar attitude, where it's just like, he, he was very methodical about what he, he wanted and needed. Um, anything of fabric was of great interest. Um, the uh, if anything was too heavy, it was left. Um, so you've got kind of a a, a, a a sort of a like a hobo bindle over your shoulder of of scavenged goods. Um, what you notice though, as you begin to um, make your way towards uh, Scriven, is the landscape is changing in a way that geographically doesn't make sense. So as you're walking. Um, there just seems to be endless desolation in every direction, and then suddenly mountains start to almost grow out of the ground around you. Um, and soon enough, you're kind of skirting um, a mountain range, um, and then just past that, uh, the mountains are sinking back into the ground again, and suddenly there's a, a dry lake bed. Um, and uh, you count yourself very lucky that you have... Um, Zahn is a guide because this is some some next level bullshit. But given how much magic you can feel all around you, this you don't understand it, but it makes a degree of sense. If that makes sense. So okay, it's it's kind of one of those things where almost in a dream you'd be like, oh, I get it. It's dream logic. I don't understand it, but I I can grasp it. Right. Okay. Um, I think I know what you're saying. And then. Um, uh, it's fairly uneventful for what, what seems like a couple of hours um, until um, you spot um, three birds that look uh, like a, a vulture, a raven, and a hawk um, sort of circling in the distance. And um, Zahn immediately goes still. And um, he says, uh, we must hide. Hi everyone, this is Laura here. I'm not totally sure what to say because Ryan is making me do this because I'm sitting here and we're about to record. But if you want to help to join in and possibly mess me up, uh, you can throw some fun into the mix at patreon.com slash dice And join our community, have a say in what happens in the show, and a bunch of other stuff. So come check it out and make my life better or worse. Who knows? A hawk, raven, and what? And a uh, vulture. Vulture. You know, that classic combination of birds that are always found together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Best buds forever. The yeah. three amigos or whatever that Disney movie is. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
he goes completely still. Uh, I will, I will match him. I'll mirror his movements um, just because I don't know what's going on. Cool. So um, around you right now, there's a dry lake bed to your left. Um, there seems to be um, some things at the bottom, um, like you would find kind of you know large rocks, um, the wreckage of a couple of boats. Um, further uh, into the basin of the the dry lake, uh, you can actually see a there's a full. Um, looks like a ferry uh, of some sort, so like a much larger vessel um, that is uh, is kind of rotting uh, against the bottom. And uh, Zahn points to that and kind of says, um, "We must, we we must take cover. If they, I I can fall prone and they they will not see me. But if they they see you, they will summon their witches. Their witches. Yes, the the mistresses of the Shadowlands." The Covenant. Uh, let me see if Maka can do some funky magic stuff. <laughs> funky Cole Medina? Yeah. I'm hoping that's all it is. <laughs> um, oh, how long does this spell last? Uh, I might be able to, to do something to just help uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. help get me from point A to point B here. Can I just share that I keep looking for my spell page, and I don't have one. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Alan. what do I okay. do? Sorry. So this spell is concentration up to one hour. So that oh, should, damn. Yeah, should yeah, yeah, do, that's very good. for whatever this situation throws at us, I should be okay. So, um, Maka will say, um, Jean, I am going to, it is going to appear that I am going to leave you. Please understand that is not the case. I will be unseen, but with you all the same. Please continue to lead me to our destination. Yes? Uh, uh, yes, no, no one can leave here, so I'm not too terribly worried about that, actually. Mm, mm. I see. Uh, and Maka will close his eyes uh, and sort of shimmer and then just turn to vapor. Uh, and I will cast uh, Gaseous Form. Ooh. Uh, so I turn into a uh, misty cloud. Um, and uh, I can I have a bunch of sort of special uh, movement conditions. Um, my only method of movement is a flying speed of 10 feet. So it is like a slow moving mm-hmm. uh, vapor. Uh, but I can basically enter and occupy like any space, like shape and size. Like I can move through cracks and stuff like that. The only thing that is like a complete barrier to me is like liquid. I can't obviously penetrate like liquid surfaces um, or uh, completely like flush with no cracks or space uh, kind of surfaces as well. And I'm imagining this as kind of a vaguely... It's going to probably look like a cloud of spores, yeah? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, great, sure. Uh, I was going to go with mist, but that doesn't make any sense. Um, Cool. Okay, great. Um, So, yeah, very cool. Um, Maka, one thing you notice as you um, take on your your gaseous form, uh, this this is, is this a new spell for you, or is this one you've just had for a while and haven't used? This is a spell that I earned when I hit level five, and I just didn't find the context. So so it is a new, yeah, fair enough. Um, I was mostly just wondering if this was like, a thing Mach has done a lot, or if this is something he's he's just learned he can do. I, I would say I would say that it's it's a new kind of tool gifted to me by Jossie. Great, um, Jossie saw fit to bless me with this ability very cool. recently. So um, as you do this, um, you become incorporeal. Uh, you you turn kind of into um, a, a cloud of spores. Uh, I kind of like to imagine this like the uh, somewhat disturbing um, Star Trek transporter conversation, which is the uh, the spores basically just break you down on a cellular level and just carry those with you uh, and will recombinate you at an appropriate time. Um, one thing you note, though, is just at the very edges of your, your presence, um, you can feel um, spores uh, dying off mm. around you. Uh, it's very, very light. Um, it's not like a, a pressing concern, but it is of note that just at the very edges of your being, you can feel spores uh, almost um, uh, 
uh, the word I, I want to use is crisp, but that's probably not the right word. Um, but almost like um, just dry out and kind of turn. It's like they're just expiring. Yeah, yeah. Um, like rapid degradation if they were weren't fed or or watered for for some time. Um, it's not terribly concerning in uh, human body terms. I think it would be kind of like um, if you feel uh, the tip of your fingernail get like cut off or something like not not enough to actually get at your finger but mm-hmm. you, you know how nails work where it's just like you, you can vi- I'm, I'm literally just picking up my nail right now being like how does this feel <laughs> but it's like enough like you know it's attached to you you know you grew it but it's not there's no nerves there's no nerves there's no active pain it's just kind of like a oh that's odd and you, you get the sense that if left unattended it would eventually reach your finger and you would actually start to lose uh yourself but mm-hmm. uh, it's not at that point yet. It's just a currently it's it's a, a bad fingernail trim and a haircut. Not got it. <laughs> you have no skin. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, wicked. So with that, um, uh, Zon uh, throws himself flat, uh, similar to how you saw him before. And sure enough, he does just kind of look like a pile of rags. Um, from your uh, gaseous form, um, I think you, you see um, a finger just kind of poke out from under his robe uh, that just seems to gesture you forward. So given that you move very slowly now, I think you just start well, like hovering forward, knowing that when he actually stands up and walks, he'll... If, if I may, mm-hmm. I would actually like to basically get uh, kited by his cloak. So my vapors oh, form... Oh, yeah, yeah settles into all the little wrinkles and folds mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of his mm-hmm. of his cloak and as he gets up to move it's like just a bag catching wind and oh, i'm just fucking yeah man absolutely wind in the sail he and... also looks hella dramatic like right. this is some john woo <laughs> shit and it's really cool um but uh, yeah okay very good so um once the the birds seem to have moved on um he begins to kind of billow you forward and oh my god um, you made a dementortal <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's the show, everyone. This has been Curse Code and Crown. We're not going to do better than Dementortal. Um, good uh, lord. Yeah. All right. That's a series wrap. <laughs> good night and good luck. Um, wicked. My frame of reference for Dementors is stronger in the Prison Mike episode than it is with actual Harry Potter. <laughs> anyway, go on. Uh, that's very good. Um, <laughs> Prison Mike. Delicious. Yeah. <coughs> Okay. <coughs> Choking on comedy here. Um, so, meanwhile, um, a few days earlier, um, Gwendolyn and Duncan, um, you have, uh, you've now spent a day traveling uh, in the company of um, Shen's expedition. And um, as, uh, as I sort of indicated during our, our session last night, um, you're, they're, they're a good bunch. Um, you're actually, I think, Duncan, you particularly, uh, in them have found somewhat what you were hoping a cultural exchange would, would look and feel like. Um, uh, Ken and, um, her, uh, uh, partner, um, Ame are very excited to hear stories of the Dawnbreakers. Um, they're too, too tough, uh, like they're, they're a fighting partnership. Um, they're a couple of mercenaries who, who, you know, hit the roads and, Hit things with axes. Um, uh, Ame doesn't speak very much, but um, uh, Ken kind of does enough growly grumble talk uh, to, to communicate for both of them. Um, Ame instead has that weird spooky, like, um, it's the kind of role that Michael Clark Duncan was often given, um, despite being an incredibly articulate guy, where he's just like looms and just goes like, good story. <laughs> um, uh, but she's a dwarf, so looming is is more a just a physical presence than like a up and over top of you. Yeah, lo- looms to the side. It's yeah, a yeah, witch yeah. thing. Um, right. But um, they and and Shen, when he's not kind of seeing to the operations of the caravan, um, are are very excited to hear uh, tales of the Dawnbreakers. What do you think you would tell them? Keeping in mind this is over the span of like a day's worth of travel. I think, honestly, he'd tell them whatever he wanted to know. He'd probably treat it a little bit more scholarly, like, here's what's written by the Orvelians, here's what I actually think happened. Like, he'd do a lot more, I think, educating on his version of what the Dawnbreakers are than what he got told by, like, his shitty commander. Totally. Um, 
And he'd probably try to trade stories uh, in exchange for um, sparring sessions with them because he'd never met dwarfs and he'd want to learn their tricks and teach his and that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. That's very cool. I like that. Um, So they, um, in terms of what they tell you, um, they're, they're kind of more excited about the mythological basis for the Dawnbreakers than the actual like running of it. In the same way that, you know, if you'd only seen buddy cop movies, you would think that, like, being a police officer is just, like, wisecracking and, and friendship rather than, like, uh, paperwork and social injustice. Um, so um, they they specifically kind of want to talk about uh, the Age of Blood and Bone. Uh, or, sorry, the Age of Bone and Blood, uh, which was um, the, the Necrotus War. Um, so when... Uh, the Necrotus, um, Asher Talman brought his his sort of hordes and began to sweep um, sweep all of Gren, um, because uh, that for them is the only place the Dawnbreakers really exist. Because um, despite humanity kind of setting out on its own after that with Orvel, um, at that time that was kind of when like the Dawnbreakers began, and it was also just a, an exciting time when suddenly these. Uh, lower-born creatures discovered their capabilities and, and really went for it. Um, so, um, yeah, they, uh, they're they thrilled to hear kind of, in the same way that I'm, like, less than thrilled to, like, think of modern Rome and be like, oh, but I want to see ancient Rome. But, like, if you go to modern Rome, <laughs> you can still see some things. That's kind of the vibe they're, they're trying to get from your stories. <laughs> they're looking for, like, the, the kernels of, like... Ah, uh, cool. That's probably related to that, and the fact that you're kin Dano is is very exciting to them because they they love the idea of kin, whatever, and and the idea of of carrying a warrior legacy down as as they have themselves. Um, yeah, I think he'd probably take that and try to spin it then because he's he believes in all the old stuff too, but he's also in this weird kind of like proselytizing to warriors he thinks have dignity. Mm-hmm. So I think he'd probably go into like. The alliance of equals, the fact that there is a second founding of the Dawnbreakers currently, the Eternal Guard at the Bone Spurs, like the legends are still alive. Like mm-hmm. it's the opposite of a Han Solo who's like, yeah, 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 it's all real. I think he's these people are useful and clearly honorable and believe in the cause. So for them, it's like bringing it to modern day where he can, but playing into the old legends to keep them focused. Gotcha. Yeah, and to, to be clear, it's not that they they get bored when you're you're telling stories of the modern stuff. Uh, largely because um, speaking to a human is so novel to them that um, you know it's it, the Han Solo metaphor is pretty good. Uh, except if if they showed up and were like, "Hey, I heard you hung out with Jedi. Like, how's that?" Um, so it'd uh, be yeah. me talking to modern day John Travolta. I'm sure the movies he's working on now are interesting, but I would like to talk about every movie he made in the nineties. <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like we still need to watch a few of the new ones on Amazon. Uh, also like our condolences, John Travolta. I'm sure you're a, a listener. Uh, I hope you and your family are okay. Um, yeah, cool. Um, so in terms of fighting style, um, they fight as a duo. Uh, it's kind of similar to what I think you'd see in like a gladiator fight uh, or anything else, where um, uh, Ken has her like chaos axe, um, and um, Ame seems to be a, um, a pole fighter. So she's got like a long stave um, that uh, it's it's sort of midway between a, a, steer, a spear and a stave. Um, and basically, the the combat you witness is a lot of like Ken being the wall, um, using the axe to like close distance and you know force basically o- create opportunities for the finesse kill from up and over. Um, for you, I think the most valuable piece you learn from this because obviously you're never going to fight with an axe; that's not really your deal, um, and pole arms aren't really your jam. Uh, but it does give you some inspiration about how you and um, Gwendolyn can start to synchronize your fighting styles uh, in that if she's a wrecking ball, that might, like, if you think of her as Ken, you are then Ame and finding those gaps. Um, and I think for you, you begin to consider how to adapt, and you've, you've already been doing it with your knives, but adapt your duelist style to a group combat, um, given that 
the ratio of duels to non-duels in this world is much lower than a duelist would, would like. Um, so I'm going to give you one point of inspiration for your next um, fight uh, where you're fighting alongside Gwendolyn. Uh, Gwendolyn, um, what do you think you've been doing in this caravan? Um, Shen is, is eager, if somewhat reluctant, uh, because he's not... The royalty thing has thrown him a bit. Um, but uh, to uh, discuss the um, uh, Emulum armor situation, um, what do you think you would... Who would you be talking to? What do you think your, your kind of thing on this, this little caravan adventure would be? Um, I think I'm like... I'm kind of put out by this whole, like just by the fact that like uh, other people on this world like really look down on Orville so I'm kind of like feeling a little bit like I don't I don't know if I want to talk to anyone kind of thing <laughs> like like I just I'll just let them come to me I suppose um I mean once I start talking I'm gonna be all like oh, I'm a princess and that's apparently not going to go over so well because they're like, oh, no, you're a piece of crap. So, I'm like, hey, Toby. <laughs> um, you're a weird dog person. Sure. So, um, <laughs> you uh, you pull up next to Toby and um, you can actually see Toby is wincing as he walks. Um, and uh, he um, he seems to be down on all fours because that, that seems to be a somewhat more comfortable mode. Um, but kind of every... Um, sort of forepaw step with his, his right forepaw. He, he winces a little bit and almost seems to shake shake his paw a little bit uh, and mutter something to himself before taking another step. He says, oh, um, your, your, your highness, uh, is, that, is that the correct way to address a, a, a human royal? Um, yes, royal highness. Um, I guess if I was the queen, I'd be majesty, which I might be now, but honestly, it's all a little bit confusing. So highness is great, or just like, I don't know, call me, call me Gwendolyn? I don't... Gwendolyn it is. That, sure. Uh, that uh, suits me somewhat better. Uh, Feels then, really weird, but I'm really trying to connect. <laughs> yep, yeah, fair enough. Um, so he says, uh, I, I can tell um, you're... you're Feeling a little uh, uncomfortable in our our curtain environs. Uh, is that uh, is that safe to say? Um, I wouldn't call myself comfortable. Mm. Is it uh, because you're not actually in that armor? You are are the armor. Are you worried they're going to figure you're that out? You're very perceptive. How did you know? Uh, well, being uh, made of magic myself, it is. Uh, Somewhat easier to uh, to to notice uh, when one's um, Azul has been uh, uh, locked to to um, uh, some kind of uh, material object. I, honestly, a bunch of my friends, it, it's happened to them. It's who oh boy, it is not what great. Was, what was that word you used? Azul. Yeah. Oh, you you know you're oh um, okay. Sorry, this is this might be a little advanced for for humans, um, but. Uh, all of you mortal folk have uh, a, a spirit or an essence. Uh, you can call it a soul. I've heard some of you use that. Uh, I know the elves are fond of saying that, but, you know, whatever. Um, but um, uh, it is your Azul. It is the, the very essence of, of, of what you are, uh, aside from your, your mortal body. For instance, uh, my Azul does not look like this dog. What does it look like? And are you immortal? Uh, yeah. I mean, familiars aren't like we're we're made of magic. We're sentient magic, so we kind of exist beyond any kind of like rolls his b big stupid dog head with his like tongue lolling out, and he's like uh, all of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's I I I I don't pretend to understand all of it myself, uh, but. Um, you know, when, uh, when a couple of your friends get like trapped in a, in a hat and a pair of gloves, uh, for some fucking warlock who wants a night out on the town and then they have to kind of like do her bidding for the night. Wait, so you knew, know people who've like gotten trapped in like things before Oh, it, and they've gotten out. My dude, it happens to familiars all the time. 
It well, is, then it shit, is like Wizard's favorite fucking thing to do. Well, I, it's a little different though because like I, you're you were human, right? You're like him, and he points at well, with a, a paw, so there's no finger, but he like points at Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's the problem. Like you. You don't get to exist beyond what you're in. Like when when you die, that's that's that. I mean, uh, you know, your uh, your body uh, returns uh, to the Jossi, and your uh, your Azul kind of just re-enters the 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 the. Oh man, this dog brain is real slow. Um, <laughs> uh, your Azul re-enters the. Da, 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 da. Fucking hell, man. So many pages. Good thing this dog has thumbs and can flip yeah, through all these yeah, pages he loves, so quickly. He, he's doing it with his tongue. That's real stupid. It's a, <laughs> it's a great visual. I wish you could see it. Um, the uh, the Vitalis. Uh-huh. Um, long story short, as you can probably imagine, there's a limited amount of energy, whether it's, you know, squishy, squishy meat like you you folks ride around in or, or energy. Uh, there's a finite amount. So, All you right, know, but when it's used I up, you go back to it. So, yeah, but I didn't go there. No, I, I get that. But what I'm saying is, like, you're asking how to get out of it. I just want you to know, if you get out of this armor, you're done. There's nowhere for you to go. You will just return to the Vitalis. So I'm just in this forever? I mean, fucking this maybe. This is me now. Look, lady, I'm trapped in a dog's body. We're both having a fucking rough well, ride of it. So don't ounces, fucking yell at me about it. I didn't like put you in some ounces. armor. Rough ride. I love it. Anyway. <laughs> it's a little dog humor for you. <laughs> Snarf, etc. Um, look, all I can tell you, based on the experience of familiars, is we are summoned um, out of uh, the thing called uh, the, the Esper Tide. It's where all the magic is, and that's where we, we begin. We begin when you lot end up back in the flow. We just, we, we're formed. And it's great. Being a familiar is awesome. I love being made of magic. It's great. Problem is... Um, a bunch of assholes, uh, some nice people, but like mostly assholes, as you can imagine from the idea of trying to bind a, a spirit to you, um, found ways of, of kind of uh, making us do their bidding. And granted, they, they can give us opportunities too. Like my my guy was awesome. Uh, he was he was like 14, so he wasn't very good uh, at any of this, but like really nice guy. Very dumb, but like very nice guy. Um, so, you Who? know. Uh, his his name was Jeb, uh, and uh, he's he's um, dead. All right. Well, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Me too. It's uh, it's why this is happening. He holds up his uh, paw, and it's it's like full Marty McFly. Uh, you can actually see um, it. Almost looks like um, as the the wind blows, it's almost like grains of sand are being blown off his hand, and um, his paw is just sort of slowly disintegrating. And then he just kind of like. You can see um, his his big stupid like Saint Bernard face just like clenches, uh, and you can see the paw start to reform a bit. And he's like, oh, "This really fucking hurts." This, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think I got much much time left here. So, um, well, anyway, uh, yeah. So no, we're we're kind of uh, can immortal. I, can we I get carry you? So you're like, oh no, it's not the walking. It's the oh, okay. uh, remaining uh, on this plane of existence thing. Uh, <laughs> right, well. So I mean, if you can like spiritually carry me. I mean, it's a nice idea. I know you want to kind of like lift me up wind beneath my wings and all that's very sweet, but uh, no, no, I, I, you know, look when Jeb died, I, I do this this was a, being untethered is a it's a it's a limited time time deal, at least at least on this side of the, uh, this side of the veil, so um, it's fine though, it's fine I'll just return to the, uh, the Esper uh, tide and, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there, but again, it's easy if you have enough magic power to trap uh, uh, Azul in things. Um, necromancers do it. Uh, like, lots of bad people do it. So it's entirely possible. Um, and as for you, I mean, you're in that weird, like, living metal, right? You move them? You should talk to these guys about it. They, they mine it. But um, it's a conduit for this sort of stuff. Maybe that's why you're in it. Yeah, I know, right? And then um, he just does that like dog side that only dogs can do, which is like, and just whole body flumps. <laughs> the scientific term is flumping. Yeah. Right. Well. Nice, nice chat. Yeah. Hey. Uh. Look, I know this is all existential, scary, spooky stuff, but 
um, you found an anchor of some sort, and that's pretty great. So at the very least, you know you'll be able to achieve whatever you want to do. Me, I want to get these people past the Shadowlands before any of them end up on the wrong side, and um, I'm just trying to hold it together till then. It's what Jeb would have wanted. So, look at it this way. At least you get to make sure your mission succeeds. Me? Just dog day afternoon for me. <laughs> right, well, thanks for the pep talk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over here now. I just walk away. Be like, well, that sucked. <laughs> I didn't learn anything. Actually, you didn't the learn thing, anything. The only things I learned. Were <laughs> you didn't well, learn anything. I like that the princess's Look. version of not learning anything is just not getting what she wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't learn anything. Um, oh, ten out of ten. <laughs> A plus would learn again. Um, <laughs> so you've reached um, sort of the edge of uh, the woods now at the end of, of uh, the second day of travel uh, first day of travel I guess um, and uh, uh, Shen kind of um, holds up a, a hand to uh, stop the caravan um, and uh, Toby kind of limps at this point like pretty badly um, up to the uh, sort of the head of the caravan and just says uh um, he kind of like sniffs the air and um, you see his eyes turn that yellow that Duncan saw um, in, in the night. Um, and uh, just for a moment, you think you see another face overlaid um, over the dogs. Um, and then he uh, he turns and, and nods to, to Shen, who turns to everyone and says, OK, uh, listen, folks, um, we're uh, we're about halfway there um, from our, our pickup. Uh, I know this hasn't exactly worked out the way we wanted, but, um, you know, uh, our people really need these, uh, or, you know, all of our vital operations will stop. There's like mild chuckling. Um, and says, so, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna forge ahead in the morning, but, um, tomorrow we, we pass, uh, the entrance to the Shadowlands. We, we move where the veil is weakest and, um, Toby here is gonna try and make sure that, uh, none of us fall in. But um, remember, if you do, we're, we can't come in after you. That's that's it. Um, and, uh, you know, we wish you well, but um, don't think that's really going to help. So get a good night's rest. I uh, need everyone sharp tomorrow. Um, and uh, go team. And there's just, like, absolutely no response. And he says, yeah, great, great. Good, good talk. Good talk. Um, and then he uh, sort of goes back and starts setting up a tent. Uh, Duncan and uh, Gwendolyn, what is your plan for the evening? I think Duncan would want to talk to Toby about what the veil is, because he always wants to know what threats are coming. Also, he's not sure how to get into the Shadowlands or where the <laughs> Covenant are. And you know what? If these people are afraid of them, they have more information than him. So Toby seems to be the most knowledgeable of the area and everything else. He'd probably go talk to Toby. I imagine he also would have shared what he'd learned from the dwarves with the princess. Like, he's not keeping any secrets here. It's Sure. Gwendolyn, um, given that you didn't find any value in what you were told, do you think you would tell Duncan? Um, Good question. I think it's more like muttering and passing. It's just like... Because I'm bound to this fucking armor for fucking ever, but <laughs> not really. Duncan, I mean, do you sounds like the same shit on a different day. Like, yeah, do you, do you know why Toby's fuck. limping? I saw you talk with him. He doesn't seem yeah, like he's, he's doing well. Yeah, he's like going back into the tide or something, something kind of tide. I don't know. He's going to die. I don't think he's going to die. No, he doesn't die. No, but shit. why Why is he going back into the tide? He's just a dog. No, no, no. He, no, he's a familiar. This episode of Curse Code and Crowd Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc. Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGee TD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown!
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.